As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. friends and welcome in it's the athletic fantasy football podcast week 11 ranks is it really week 11 brandon it it is week 11 that's right and we're gonna have a full slate of thanksgiving games next week and we're into it man the holiday season so it's uh put up or shut up time i'm i'm kind of thrown off here uh that is brandon funson i'm chris welsh thank you guys for hanging out with us we're talking week 11 ranks we have got Jake Seeley's ranks, which have been updated over at The Athletic. So if you do not have a subscription, go fix that and get it today. Go and sign up. Uh, you can also go to All In Kid on Twitter. You can click on his link and you can sign up right there if you just want to make it super easy. But the big, robust rank article is available for you. And we're kind of picking this apart, Brandon and I talking about some of our favorites and how we're going against him. I just want to quickly add, it's like Black Friday special time right now. So if you're ever going to subscribe to The Athletic, if you ever thought you might be interested, now is one of the best times of the year you're going to see in terms of of getting a subscription at a really uh, sweet, sweetheart deal. Is this one of those dollar deals? I don't know. What is the, yeah, what is the black Friday? Deal? It's like 99. Uh, yeah. It's like maybe $2. It's one or $2. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have that information, but I just, uh, I know I got, I got logged out <laughs> and I, and I had never kind of really pay attention, but I got logged out. I saw that they're, you know, they have their, basically their black Friday deal going right now. Oh, okay. That's pretty great. I always forget this time of year too. Like for whatever reason, I should be aware of it, but there are deals to be had and uh, you should definitely jump on that. Uh, I don't have to worry about it because I've got a subscription as (laughs) does Brandon, but you guys, if you don't pick it up because you're going to want to have these ranks available to you. And this is where we just kind of pick apart. I will go through some of the basics of what the ranks are looking like, where we might differ And we've also got some news and notes, which let's talk about here for a second. One of the biggest ones, kind of a shocker, is Deshaun Watson is gone for the year. He's having a surgery. Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson is going to be the starter for the Browns. And that also is a little bit of an eye-opener. I think think throwing him in early kind of set the stage for what they needed to work on. And then P.J. Walker had come in. Watson came back. Now I think they're ready to just let DTR run. Obviously they're ready to let him run with the team rest of season, probably no matter what here. So what effects in your mind um, 
are you staring at with guys like Elijah Moore, Jerome Ford, Amari Cooper, David Njoku? You know, do you think the DTR can move this offense where those guys all don't have to take a little bit of a hit? No, I think, I mean, Amari Cooper, I have a lot of respect for him and he's kind of managed to get by a bit uh, when Deshaun Watson has been out. But when you look at his numbers, his numbers were better, a lot better with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and I think the, the one game with, with Dorian Thompson Robinson, he had like one catch. I, I just did my, I just did my uh, big board rest of season rankings and I dropped Cooper down to wide receiver 25 for the rest of the year. I just think it's going to be, it's going to be maybe a couple solid games with some with some deep valleys mixed in there as well. I don't think he's going to be quite as consistent as you would expect from Deshaun Watson. So I think he's the guy that gets hurt the most. Um, I kind of bumped up the backfield because I'm just assuming that they're just going yeah. to lean a lot more in on the running quarterback, the the backfield and defense, you know, and don't let Dorian Thompson Robinson lose games for this team. Yeah, and you know, short yard. This might be not a, a horrible thing for. Njoku um mm-hmm. you could also like here's the one thing I know I'm open to is if the running game can get going you know Jerome Ford big breakaway play I think Kareem Hunt this might actually be the biggest boost of anybody for specifically Kareem Hunt because I think he can kind of set the stage to move the line you get your breakaway plays with Jerome Ford if they can do that properly it will open up the pass game a little bit if they can just make some simplified decisions on the receiving side, you might be surprised on what, you know, a guy like Eli Moore or even Amari Cooper could do, but they do have to kind of take hits down. I like Jerome Ford just even a little bit more, especially as they've been leaning on him, but that was a pretty, pretty big blow to the team as well. We saw the bills make a big change. They fired Ken Dorsey earlier in the week and uh, Joe Brady really was just talking up Josh Allen and that, Tends to make me think, you know, you get like coordinators get fired and you see with the Raiders situation. And like, what was the first thing that Pierce did? Pierce is like, throw every single pass to Devontae Adams. You know, you get some simplification. I think you're going to see something kind of go back into the hands of Josh Allen, where it's like, they're going to simplify this to make him thrive. And I don't know what that looks like, but is there, is there anything you're taking into the, whatever this new look is going to be and how they're talking up? I think Brady said like, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league, as they probably would do. I have to imagine they're going to want and continue to let him sling the ball and hopefully maybe in a better manner. I mean, I just don't know what the ceiling, what more of a ceiling you can have. I mean, he's second in the league in pass attempts. He has he's tied for the most passing TDs. He has the most rushing TDs. Um, I believe he's second in the or maybe third in the. Oh, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. He's fourth among quarterbacks in rush attempts. So it's not like they haven't just been. You know, that's just the thing. It doesn't. I don't think it matters at this point who the offensive coordinator is. This this offense just revolves completely around Josh Allen, and you know, you the way you make him play is, is he's just going to play off script, right? Like he's going to drop back, he's going to go through his reads. If he scrambles out, he's going to run, or he's going to make a, you know, he's going to make a, a a playground play with his arm as well. But I don't know how much you can change. Like you still want to have him. You still want to have him be the guy that's that's completely leading the way. It sounds like they're going to do that. I just don't think Ken Dorsey, you know, give him. I mean, I don't know how. Maybe it's schematically you're going to change some things up. But Dorsey was using him as much as anybody. You know, I, I can't imagine someone's going to come in and, and and bump that number up, all those numbers up. I just said significantly. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things I was thinking is like maybe it's running the ball a little bit more. But he's fourth in attempts. That it's hard to do. Again, it might it might be like 
you know, let Josh Allen eat on quick early reads, maybe throw the ball short a little bit more and see if guys like Gabe Davis and, um, and Stefan Diggs can make some plays. And then if you can open that up, maybe get him in the open field a little bit more and not, I, you know, you never know. You never know what that's going to look like, but there's going to be more of a hyper focus. I am very curious if you believe any of this. And only reason I'm bringing it up is because it got reiterated. We heard early, I think over the last week, Aaron Rodgers talking about wanting to return after this Achilles injury. And he is targeting apparently mid-December. Well, Robert Salas said, if Rodgers says he wants to play, he'll play. Do you believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to return this year, which would probably line up right around a fantasy championship, maybe a game right before? Do you believe he would play? And is there any chance in the world if he did, you would throw him out there? Uh, you know, I think, what is that? You were talking mid-December where that's about a month away. It's like four games away. The Jets are what? Are they four and six, five and five? Like, I just think, you know, they're probably going to go one and three in that span. I, I'm not looking at the schedule right now. I should have brought it down with me. But um, like, I think if they're not in contention or if it looks like, you know, they're out of it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers plays and I don't expect him to play. You know, it comes down to a medical question of if you come back a little bit early from an Achilles injury, what are the ramifications? Because, you know, this, you know, they, he, they got one more year out of him probably, you know, I mean, so do you just go for it next year instead and, and like, just say, you know what, we're just going to be extra cautious this year with Rogers so that we can finally, you know, hopefully do what we hope to do this year, but next year. Just throwing this out here. Week 15, they're at Miami. Week 16, that's a nice little, you know, pre-championship championship area at home against Washington. That okay, is give me December. The, give me the what's what's the next four? Like let's just say he's sitting out the next four. Okay, so so it's week eleven. So you oh, you want to hear like who they're facing. So at Buffalo, they're losing this week. Okay. Okay. Then so you've that got makes week- them- that makes them what? what? What's their record right now? Five and five or four and six? I can't. Um, that I'm not looking at. Let me take a look here. They are uh, four and five right now. So that makes them okay. four and six. Okay. And then-, then week 12, they are playing on Friday. They're at home against Miami. Loss. So that's now four and seven. Okay. Uh, week 13, they are at home against Atlanta. Give them a win. Uh, I'll give them a win. Yeah, give them a win. So they're now five and seven. Week 14, they are at home against Houston. Mm. It's winnable. I don't think they winnable, do, but, it's winnable. but they're gonna be they're gonna be an underdog, most likely. But let's just for argument's sake, let's give that to them. They're six and seven. Week 15, where it's probably the window opens. That's where they then travel to Miami. That's a loss. So they're now six and eight going into week 16, which is right around that Christmas time. And that is at home against Washington. It's still kind of six and eight. Okay. So if you're looking at the final three games of the season there, it's Washington. And then it's, what are the two ones after that? Cause Washington's then, a winnable game. Yeah. Washington's winnable. Then it is, it's a Thursday night game at Cleveland who now has Dorian Thompson Robinson mm-hmm. as their quarterback. Okay. With Aaron Rodgers, winnable. Uh, winnable. And then, and, and then at New England to end the season. Definitely winnable. That's an over 500 you could, you record. Could, you could go nine and eight. Would that be good enough? Right now, the I think, you know, the AFC is is pretty muddy when you get down into that, you know, that later 
that later group, but Buffalo will be right there as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, you kind of have to thread the needle and I, you do, you know, it kind of, kind of have to almost just go two and two in these next four games to even consider bringing back. But it's like, if he were there from a fantasy, if you were in your championship and you're putting out the, it's not a question if you've got the like Josh Allen's and stuff, but like, what do you think he can be coming off of that against a team like Washington? I mean, if you're deciding between Russell Wilson and him, is it a no doubt? Like, screw it. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Would you feel confident in a playoff fantasy playoff setting? Yeah. I I mean, you look at the way Russell Wilson kind of puts up his numbers is so it's so random and and so kind of weirdly off script, right? Like I could see with Rogers, he's not going to run. He's got the Achilles thing. He's just dropping back and firing, you know, firing quick slants to Garrett Wilson and hitting Tyler Conklin and doing everything a lot more on script. So like, I might be willing to, to roll with Aaron Rodgers over like someone like a Russell Wilson. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So maybe he floats around there. Something to keep an eye on. Just interesting. Uh, Other things to keep an eye on. Justin Jefferson. We're still waiting to see if that's going to happen this week. I think the window is kind of open for it, but I don't believe he practiced early on. Did you happen to see? Let me. He's 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 limited uh, just like he was last week. Apparently his Wednesday this week was the same as his Wednesday last week. So he's going through limited reps and they're they're still not saying they're not tipping their hand whether he's going to actually be activated yeah so not feeling great about that and then the and there's a there's plenty others by the way um like damian pierce did not practice on thursday i think that could be very telling to more devin singletary which i'm in on him this week that's great i like just don't have both those guys healthy and i'm feeling a lot better you know like that's just the thing i mean in the way cj stroud is going i think it's starting to open up that running game because teams are coming in being a lot more concerned about that passing game. And I think that's just going to help Devin Singletary out a lot again this week. Another thing to watch in that same one is Noah Brown, who a lot of people were in on, did not practice on Thursday where Nico, I believe, had returned to a limited practice and Robert Woods practiced on Thursday. So there's been a lot of Noah Brown love and hype, but he did not practice on Thursday. So he might be a little bit dicey or dicey or also Antonio Gibson did not practice on Thursday. Only other thing to add, uh, Michael Carter was claimed by the Cardinals off of waivers. It's very interesting because they love to run James Conner out there, but man, I think this was how telling they were not sold on not only Keontae Ingram, but uh, Amari DiMarcado. And I would not be surprised to see Michael Carter out there this weekend in passing down situations, you know, more of the running. I think they'll continue that with Connor, but passing down situations, it's another weapon for uh, Kyler Murray. I would not be shocked to see him out there. Yeah. And it's the weird thing is, is 
they have not thrown the ball to the running back a whole lot this year. I mean, that's James Connors, a good receiver. He has eight catches in six games. Uh, their leading uh, running back receiver in terms of receptions is 12 from De Mercado. So uh, I don't know if that was a function of the new offense, you know, or, or if this is something that they specifically went out to get Michael Carter to bring him in and, and maybe bump that up with Kyler Murray back a little bit. So I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, we were talking off air that I just wish that Michael Carter had been here when Connor initially went down. Cause I would have been a lot more excited about him than the Keontae Ingrams and the, and the, the, the Mercados, but I guess the Cardinals are as well. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I forgot. Cause this just came down. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has requested a uh, release. I was about to say a trade, but it requested his release from the Titans and Ooh. that would be something to How monitor, especially if a team like the Jets or someone wanted to consider. Or the Browns. The Browns. Or the Browns. Run some, yeah, run some classic game managing Ryan Tannehill play action plays there. I, I, That's an upgrade over anybody they got there. Probably not too much of a coincidence that uh, in a 48-hour span of uh, Deshaun Watson being out for the season that Ryan Tannehill requests his trade as there is something open in the market. So, be on the Smart. lookout for that because the Browns are uh, competing. That might change some of those values on some of those Browns players. Speaking of values, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the week 11 ranks. We've got Jake's ranks up here, which we are going to kind of be citing. And we've got some discrepancies for Brandon versus Jake's ranks. Your quarterback primer, number one for the week for Jake. No shock. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts coming in at number two. Uh, Dak Prescott. At number three was an interesting one. The Mar Jackson drops down to seven for him. Brock Purdy hits number 10. Your biggest discrepancy we will start with is Sam Howell, who did not make it as a top 12. So starting QB this week in Jake's ranks, you have him at eight. And Sam Howell has been, I think he doesn't lead the NFL in passing yards right now. I mean, he's been an I absolute mean monster. He leads in pass. I believe he leads in passing yards. He leads in in pass attempts. I mean, this is a team that throws the ball, and I, I I can't imagine going up against the Giants why you wouldn't have Sam Howell in your top twelve. He's been top ten in five of the last six weeks. Uh, he's been top fourteen in all but two games this year. Like, and he runs, and and I just I'm like. He's, he's definitely a top top eight quarterback for me this week. So since I, week I, five, since week five, Sam yeah. Howell is the number two scoring quarterback in fantasy. I'm looking at right now with three of six performances going 24 more points and five of those six going for 18 or more points. I mean, he has, he's averaging around 21. So I guess for that, that's a total perspective. When you get into average per game, how moves down to number five over the last or since week five, but that still is very telling of where he's performing. He has performed at top, you know, probably eight level every single week, except for one of those. Yeah. And I think here's the deal. He's had sacks of one, three and three in his last three weeks. Those are the three lowest totals for the year. He, the one was against Philadelphia where the previous time he'd face him, he had, he had been sacked five times. And those are just, those are, you know, those hurt your fantasy value uh, in addition to killing you in reality to take those sacks. So it shows me he's just also learning and, and getting better at not, not sitting and, and, you know, waiting too long. And it's, you know, you look at these last three weeks, I mentioned the lowest sacks was 
his QB finishes and fantasy are one ten and four in those three games. So I don't think those things are unrelated. I think that's just Sam Howell showing some maturation along the way. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Howell in general, I'm going to pull this up here. So versus the Giants, the the Giants are averaging 250 yards passing on only 20 completions. So it takes 20 completions for them to get to 250 on average versus quarterbacks. And they are just coming off of a four touchdown performance. They have given up. 10 touchdowns over the last six games to QBs in general. And Sam Howell has been, you know, he, he, he's a volume guy. He's the old school Jared Goff from like two or three years ago, where I've mentioned this a million times. Goff would always cover on games on the back end, but Hal is just doing it consistently through games. So I I don't see how he's not a top 10. I I have him top 10. I think, you know, probably Lee Jake is looking at the last meeting. uh, And it was like the one game in the last, Six that I mentioned that he wasn't a QB one was against the Giants at New York, but that was also the last time that he took a bunch of sacks. And he's since since been a lot better. Uh, the Giants lose Leonard Williams, they lose Daniel Jones. They're going to be Howell's going to be at home this time. I just think you can't equate that as a one to one situation this week. I, I think what the Giants were four weeks ago is a lot different than what they are now. Commanders also giving up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last month. They have given up five receiving touchdowns, which is the tied for the second most to wide receivers in, uh, or I'm sorry, I'm looking at the, I'm I'm going to do you better. I was looking at Washington. Let me rephrase that. The New York giants giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. They have given up not as many touchdowns, but they are the second most targeted defense to wide receivers in that time, giving up 925 yards, which is the most receiving yards given up over the last month is against the Giants, as well as number two in fantasy points. And you've got Sam Howell, who is, since week five, the number two scoring (laughs) quarterback. I just think, I mean, there's a lot there, but I completely agree with you here. This is one, if we are going to, pick apart Jake's ranks a little bit. This is going to be the one where it's like, I think like, I think we're being too cute with Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray looked nice, but I didn't think he looked elite and you're going up against Houston. I'll take Sam how easy over Kyler Murray right now. I don't know if you have Kyler over him and you disagree here, but he's got Kyler at 11 and Hal at 13. No, I got I Kyler below. Yeah, I do as well. I, I think I have Kyler Murray at 10 or 11. So basically a similar rank. I just have moved Howell up. And one of the ways I got, Howell up was I moved Justin Justin Herbert down. I mean, he's sixth in Jake's rankings and I have him 12th. And it, you know, I, I know Justin Herbert's looked a lot better, but a couple things I'm concerned about. Uh, first of all, I'm concerned about Keenan Allen, who ha- didn't practice on Wednesday. I'm not sure what is gonna be the situation today, but he has a shoulder injury. Uh, we know Joshua Palmer's out. So if it's down to what Jalen Guyton and Quentin Johnston and Gerald Everett, like you're going into Lambeau Field, who they've been, you know, the Packers have been the third stingiest fantasy defense to opposing quarterbacks. They've allowed the fewest touchdown passes. And you don't see Justin Herbert playing in, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a you know classic December game in, in Green Bay, but it's going to be like mid 40s. And you don't see Justin Herbert playing in a lot of, you know, like not ideal condition weather games. Uh, he's just kind of one of those guys that, uh, you know, 
is generally uncomfortable environments. I think it's going to be an uncomfortable environment, especially if there's no Keenan Allen. Uh, but this has been a very good Green Bay uh, pass defense so far. So I'm not saying he's not a QB1. I'm just saying he's not a upper level QB one in my mind this week. Uh, since that, if I keep uh, keep up that week five, since week five, Justin Herbert on average is scoring the twelfth. He's a twelfth scoring quarterback on average points because he did have a bye week in there, but um, he's had one twenty plus or two twenty plus performances in that period of time over five games, but two of those five have also been under thirteen points scored. So, you know, I, I think there's still a question. We come back to that Sam Howell thing. I think you can start to have that question. I'm not enamored with Justin Herbert this week. I think I have him at eight. I legit can go Brock Purdy over Herbert this week because you can throw on Tampa Bay. The 49ers have been successful on that front. I, I just, um, I don't, I, uh... I don't think Herbert is in that lockdown area. Yeah, I'm just looking really quickly because I think, yeah, I got Purdy 11 and, and Herbert 12. So, I mean, I'm telling you, if I had Brock Purdy and Justin Herbert, I would be playing Brock Purdy this week. I absolutely, absolutely with you on that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And there's some other interesting questions that are going to float out there. Um, Matthew Stafford uh, is going to be active this week. Let's see where Jake has him ranked. I forgot to look here. He's got Stafford down at 21. I will tell you there is one guy that I kind of dig this week that I'm putting in as a sleeper, and he has been kind of a question mark, and it's Jordan Love, who's going up against the Chargers. A couple notes I can throw out to you. He's got Jordan Love at 19. I think I have him at 15. Chargers over last month giving up the most passing attempts, completions, and yards to quarterbacks. On the year, they're also averaging... 315 passing yards to quarterbacks with a 99% completion percentage. So even though there's a lot of questions with Jordan Love, I mean, give me a break. Five of his last nine games, he has still finished as a top 12 quarterback, Jordan Love. You can throw. You can also run against the Chargers as well. So on average, over 300 yards and a 99% completion percentage. I like Jordan Love as like a sneaky quarterback play this week. What'd you say you had him at 15? I have Matt, I think, uh, let me look. Yeah, I have him at 15, trying to get him up a little bit higher. I have him at 17, so I'm uh, right between you and Jake, but I I totally get where you're coming from. You got the three receivers going there in in Dobbs, and and Jaden Reed's been, you know, been up in his game a lot in recent weeks. But I think the one thing about this Chargers defense also that is a feather in Jordan Love's cap is they give up a lot of, uh, you know, receptions and receiving yards to the running back position. I think this is a game where Aaron Jones can actually get untracked a little bit because he's been a little hit and miss since he's come back. I agree. Going over to running backs. Let's give you, let me get over to this. Let me give you a Jake running back primer McCaffrey, of course, at the top Brace hall coming in at number five, a chain, a chan. I always screw that up. I I had it. And then everybody (laughs) has screwed me up with it. A chan, uh, Devin, a chan seven, on the list. Swift comes in at 10 on the list. 
So those are a little bit of what the RB ones look like. There's also uh, some lower ranks on Derrick Henry than you would probably expect. Aaron Jones, probably not at the tippy top, but this one jumps out. Number 20 on Jake's list is Tony Pollard. Uh, Brandon, you're going eight. You have him at eight. I am so out on Tony Pollard right now and how it's worked. Though the problem is, is we didn't see as much of him in this last game because they blew out the Giants. But then you get McCarthy talking about, we want to get Rico Dottle more involved. I don't know, man. I can't do the Tony Pollard stuff, I don't think, anymore. But you are still in. You've got him at top uh, top eight. This is, I'm looking, I just did my rest of season rankings. I put Tony Pollard as uh, running back 16 for the rest of the year. But I have him as top eight this week because this is not the week to jump off the Tony Pollard train. I mean, there's plenty of weeks before where that, that made sense, but this is Carolina. And I just want to read to you the, the running back finishes in, in games against Carolina this year. So starting with week one, four, 15, three, 19, five, one, 40, which was Houston, Devin Singletary, 10 and 13. So uh Every week, a top 13 running back, except for two and more than half the game's top 10. Uh, like they give up almost five yards a carry. They are they are a terrible run defense. And if Tony Pollard gets his standard 15 plus touches, it's just almost an automatic. I mean, this is a there's still a better running game than the Houston Texans. They're just and, and here's the other thing, like Dak Prescott being on fire is going to help this Dallas running game. So and this is a good pass defense. Carolina. Uh, they actually do pretty good against against the pass. So this might be a week where Dallas can go back to the running game and actually finally have a little bit of success. And I don't think Rico Dowdle is the worst kind of like flex play for this reason. You can look at games against Carolina where two backs, there's there's been a bunch of games where two backs have scored multi, uh, or uh, double-digit fantasy points against them. So I think that could be the case this week as well. Yeah, I, My only problem is, is I feel like the Giants might have been kind of a um... – uh, like a benchmark for what happens if this team does get ahead. I mean, Tony Pollard uh, against the Giants had 15 carries for 55 yards, and then Dowdle got involved. If they blow, if you can run against Carolina, some of that's going to go to Dowdle. How many top 10 fantasy finishes in half PPR does Tony Pollard have this year? Do you know? Uh, he has like one or two. I know he He's, has more. He has more RB three finishes than he does RB. RB two and one finishes combined. He has one top 10 finish. It was week one against the giants. I went all in on Tony Pollard this past week. We're going back to the giants. Let's do it. And he finished 38th this past week and half PPR. And yeah, to your point, he has three outside the top 30 performances and only two inside the top 12 on well, the season. I mean, and, and a lot of the issues is he just ha- hasn't been scoring touchdowns. If he scores a touchdown this Very week, I mean, that's what it comes down to. And I think there's a D chance he'll score this week. He has not scored a rushing touchdown since week one, where he finished right. it at the top. So um, I think there could be somewhere in the middle, but I'm, I'm very jaded by him. But you are not. You were jumping in. Another one, this is on an opposite end. You guys have almost ranked these guys oppositely, where Jake has Tony Pollard at 20. You have Tony Pollard at 8. You have Javante Williams at 18 and Jake has him at nine on the list. So why do you hate Tony Pollard? Yeah. Or why do you hate Javante Williams? Do you love Tony Pollard? Uh, Because he's facing Minnesota and they're, they're good. They have given up, uh, I believe five total touchdowns 
on the year to running backs. Uh, they give up like 3.6 yards per carry. They are good. And here's the thing about Javante Williams. He looks good. I mean, he's getting like, you know, 80 yards and, and, and putting up good rushing numbers the last few weeks. He has zero rushing touchdowns. He only has one carry inside the five-yard line all season long. Denver has two carries inside the five-yard line all season long. One of them is Russell Wilson. One of them is Javante Williams. Like, Denver either has, like, no – and I know this from watching Russell Wilson. There's just, you know, there's either no offense for most of the game or Russell Wilson makes these bigger plays that often come from outside the red zone for touchdowns. But, like – just kind of running, like getting that team down there in scoring position on a regular basis for point blank shots from Javante Williams. I understand why it's not happening because um, that's just not the function of this offense. So like, yeah, is Javante Williams going to go out there and get you 80, 90 yards, you know, Um, maybe, but like, I just don't see the touchdown upside for him. The only touchdowns he scored this year have been receiving touchdowns. Minnesota has given up one receiving touchdown to a running back this year. So I, I don't love the matchup. I think he's a, a fine RB two, but to, to rank him as an RB one, like comfortably, I, I don't get it. I'm also with you. I have him at uh 15, so I'm not, I'm yeah. not enamored with him going over to the wide receivers. Your primer gives you Hill at the tippy top lamb coming in at number two. Jake has ranked Justin Jefferson as if he's going to play and put him at five. If people are wondering, Brandon Ayuk makes a top 10. Cooper Cup is back in. Jamar Chase taking a fall down to 10. But then this leads us to a top 10 wide receiver for you this week. I did mention Nico Collins was banged up uh, last week and slow to go this week. We might not have Noah Brown. Robert Woods is back. But you are all about Tank Dell at number nine, where Jake has got him at 20. So he has got Tank Dell just ahead of Thielen and Puka, but behind guys like Hopkins and McLaurin and Debo. But you are all on Tank Dell this week. Yeah, I, Tank Dell is 14th in in half PPR scoring. And you mentioned the Nico Collins, maybe no no Noah Brown this week. And, and so that just leads me more to Tank Dell in a fantastic matchup against the, the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm sure you can spout what they've been doing but they have been one of the more generous in the passing game allowed to to wide receivers and in, in just in general so I'm, I'm looking quickly to see what his weekly finishes have been he's been in the last two weeks number one and number 12 uh, he had a number six finish before that uh, of course you know he had an injury he was dealt with when nico collins is at full you know and noah brown's at full i'd be a little bit less you know likely to rank him inside the top 10 but i i love the targets he's seen the last couple weeks 11 and 15 and if he gets double digit targets which i think he will against the Arizona cardinals defense yeah i'm in for him as another wide receiver one finish yeah i'm kind of about this one too because one of the things you saw and i know nico wasn't there and i think i do believe that nico is important to this offense and stroud is consistently looking at him at that one spot but as much as noah brown was able to make the big plays they were using tank down in like, you know, third down looks like they were, they were trying to get him the ball at all costs. He might be a guy that gets no less than eight targets the rest of the way through this year with how Stroud passes. So I'm also interested in his uh, receiving yard prop. The other wide receiver to take note, Cortland Sutton comes in as a wide receiver two for you. He is a mid wide receiver three for Jake. That was another discrepancy you wanted to hit on. So talk to us about Cortland Sutton. He's just been good. I think he's been underappreciated. He has just been a touchdown machine. And you saw the awesome catch he had last week where he drug his foot. I mean, just 
he's a talented guy, but what I like is that he is among the leaders in red zone targets. He is the leader in touchdowns inside the 20 yard line. So we talk about he has seven touchdowns coming on red zone targets. You talk about Javante Williams not getting into the end zone. This is part of the problem. Cortland Sutton's just been, you know, him and Russell Wilson have a thing going on when it comes to getting down near the goal line. I just expect it to be more the same against Minnesota. He's earned his his wide receiver two ranking in my mind. He's been fairly consistent. He's been the guy that stepped up week in and week out. It hasn't been Jerry Judy. So uh, he's been Russell Wilson's best target. And I think, uh, you know, I think he's worthy of a top 24 placement this week. If we jump over to tight ends, uh, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews kind of lead the way. Trey McBride comes in at number five this week for Jake. Uh, Jake Ferguson comes in as a top 10 tight end. But if you're looking for a sleeper, Brandon's got you covered. What uh, sleeper tight end are we focused on? Yeah, here is the uh, the guy I'm going with, Tyler Conklin. And I just I did a search of, of the tight ends that have had the most games clearing 50 yards this year. And Tyler Conklin... So there's only been five, five other tight ends besides Tyler Conklin to get 50 plus receiving yards in five games or more. And they're exactly who you think they are. Hawkinson, Kelsey, Laporta, Kittle, and Mark Andrews. So, so there you go. I mean, he's, he's had five games. I think he missed a game or two. So he's had five games where he's delivered 50 plus yards. Uh, He's had a back-to-back really good games. I think you just, uh, you know, if you're in dire straits, you pick him up and you roll with him. There you go. Make sure you uh, roll over to the athletic black Friday sale in tow. So make sure you go and sign up, take advantage of that. So you can get access to the ranks. Jake's got his ranks. They'll be updated uh, throughout the weekend. So, you know, anytime there's, if Justin Jefferson does or does not become active, you'll see you, you can see him. He is active on the ranks, but there'll be adjustments to be had. If you want to have access to that, the projections, everything else, Go and sign up over at The Athletic today. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We got you covered here. That's Brandon Funston on Twitter at Brandon Funston. I'm Chris Welsh. Find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. And we will talk to you next week for Week 12 Waivers. Jake and I doing it right here on The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Bye, friends. 